Welcome to Optimistic Voices, a podcast of helping children worldwide. We help children worldwide by strengthening and empowering families and communities. This podcast is for people interested in deep conversations with thought leaders in the field of child welfare, global health, and international missions. This is a very special episode of Optimistic Voices podcast, youtube.com HCW video. An episode of the HCW Optimistic Voices podcast, Care Lever Voices series. If you are listening in but would like to view the video, please go to helpingchildrenworldwide.org or youtube.com HCW video. Welcome to Optimistic Voices. I'm Laura Horvath, and this is your co-host. My name is Mohamed Nabiu. And this episode is featuring uh, the Care Lever story. Mabs, you're a Care Lever. Can you explain for our audience, what is a Care Lever? I would love to. Um, a Care Lever is a child who grew up in an institution before aging out without ever being reintegrated back into a family life. So as you say, I was once a care lever. I grew up in an, in an orphanage, spent the rest of my childhood and teenage years there, and then I was never reintegrated back to my family. I just left the orphanage and went straight to college. Okay. So at HCW, we have another term we use called care leader, mm-hmm. L-E-A-D-E-R. So can you talk about what is the difference between a care lever uh-huh. which you just described, and a care leader. Sure. Um, so a care leader now is a care lever who now uses his care living experiences to advocate for children to grow up in a safe and loving family. Okay. And we're really excited about this episode because we have a care leader mm-hmm. who was a care leaver, yep. now uses her experience to advocate for children to grow up in safe and loving families. Her name is Benetta Kula, and she's coming to us live all the way from Liberia. So, Benetta, I just want to say welcome. It's a, it's a pleasure and a thrill to have you on the program. Thanks, Laura. And thanks, Naps. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Benetta. So, as, as, as we have, Benetta um, used to be a care lever. Uh, she spent, uh, uh, she spent uh, lo- uh, a lot of time in the orphanage. Then without ever being reintegrated back into, into a family life. And, but now, Benetta is a care leader because she's using her care leaver's experience to, to advocate for children to grow up in families and to bless others with her story and testimonies. So we'll start with Benetta today. Benetta, um, will you be willing to share with us a little bit of your, about your journey leading to the orphanage in the first place? What led you to the orphanage in the first place? So... I lost my dad when I was like three years old. And then I was told, like, because like I've always wanted to have a family to call my own. So I was told that when I get out of the orphanage home, I was going to be adopted by white people and I was going to have my own family and a father. So as a child, this is something what kids want. So that, that's what I wanted. And that's how I ended up in the orphanage home, longing to have a family to call my own. So, yep. Okay. How many years did you say you spent in the orphanage? I think I spent over 20 plus years. 
Wow. Wow. That's a long time. Yep. Annetta, what did you like most about growing up in the orphanage? I imagine being in an orphanage is both a positive and a negative experience, but what did you, what, what kinds of things did you like about being in the orphanage? So, you know, like when you go at the orphanage home, the, you have like other kids that are in your real family, that are in your actual family. So like just the experience of growing up with them and learning to share and be friends and later become brothers and sisters was something very special to me because I don't know if I could have survived the orphanage room, just me there with all these other kids. So it was a beautiful thing growing up with strangers that turned out to be your family that you have to learn to do things together like brothers and sisters. So that was one of the best experience there. And um, another another good thing was um, the aspect of having a safe drinking water. Um, In Liberia, sanitation is a very huge problem here. So not many people have safe drinking water. But we had that at the orphanage home, so we were able to help communities, people from the communities to have safe drinking water too. And I think that was good to know that we could help others with safe drinking water. And education, we all know it's something important. And um, education is very, very expensive in Liberia. So to be able to go to school, that was something very unique. And um, we had that at the Uppenish Hall. And I, I, I got my high school degree and I'm able to read and read and talk with you guys here. So <laughs> those were some things good about the Uppenish Hall and the exposure to foreign people, like white donors coming in and out. It was it was my first time to really meet those many white people and like I got my first hug from them. So it was a really good experience for me. You got your first hug from a white person. Is that what you said? Yeah. Wow. So that's a lot of really great stuff. But were there things that you didn't like about being in the orphanage? Yeah. Like being at the orphanage home, it was like that. There's always a need, like a sense of belonging, you know? And that's something you never really get at the orphanage home because um, most of the times things would not be like it was about a group, you know, and not about you in particular. So, like, you never really get that one on one interaction with like the caregivers. So it was like, it, it almost like at some point, I kind of felt like, like an object, just part of a group. And it was never about, it was never about you. It was about the group. It was about what we can get to this group. It was not what about Benetta. How does she feel? What makes her happy? What does she want? You know, so like this sense of belonging, I never really felt belong to at the orphanage home. And um, the aspect of love, I still struggle with that because um, growing up as, as a child and not having that, 
it's very difficult because then you don't know what to expect. You don't know who cares about you. You don't know who doesn't. And even up to now, even though I'm a young adder, I still struggle with love because I don't get it when people tell me, oh, like, I love you. Like, it makes no sense to me because I don't know what that is. I understand that they, they will be saying true, that they really do love me and care about me. But because I've never had that growing up as a child, so how do I understand it? Yeah. I don't know what that means. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that, Benetta. So um, I know we have life in the orphanage and life in the community. So growing up in the orphanage, how did the people living in the community, how did they treat you and the other children who, were, who you are growing up with in the orphanage? What, how was it different, life in the orphanage and life in the community? How were you treated together with your other, the other children who were with you growing up in the orphanage? Well, we really didn't get to spend much life outside the orphanage, but we had all our kids from the community coming to school. So even at school, it felt like we were all chaos. Because I don't know, for some reason, it's very easy for people to spot out that you are an orphan. Yeah. Because like we were, it's like we had this stigma on us that will easily identify us that this person is an orphan. Because most of the time we were the ones like pull his head, pull the dress, and we were the ones always lacking. So each time we go to school and we have to pay for things, it's easy for people to know because we orphans, we won't have the money to pay for those things. And um, it was difficult because then people get to choose if they want to be friends with you. You know, that's the most difficult part because like you don't get to choose who you want to be friends with, even though you might want to be friends with lots of people, but that, that was never an option for us because then we were like not important. So then the kids from the community, they get to choose, um, maybe I will be friends with her or I don't want to be friends with our orphan because for some reason, I guess it thought like we were responsible for being an orphan or it was our fault of being orphans in most of the times in class, when um, examples are being made, we be used for example, like all the orphans that can't afford this, that didn't stand, you know? So it was, it was really very difficult receiving that from all of people in the community. So like, yeah, that was a great challenge. I can imagine. Benetta, if I met you at the orphanage when you were, say, 10 years old, and I said to you, I have a magic wand and I can wave it and I can make anything happen that you want, how would you have wanted your childhood to be from that point on? What would, what would you have wished for as a 10-year-old girl at that moment? Like, just to have my family just to experience what it feels like growing up in your own family and like just to have the experience of a dad hugging you or you talking with your mom about some patterns of your life or like you running around with your parents, like just having a normal child life. I would want that. I would have 
Then with my family, I will have experienced that love. I will have experienced that joy. I will have just, just want that kind of life and just live a normal kid life, even if not having the world, but at least I was going to have my family and know that they will always be around, you know? So, yeah. So a lot of donors in the U.S., a lot of us, you know, Americans and other donors that sponsor orphans and orphanages in the U.S. have really have a heart for orphans um, in Africa and in other places in the world. And they and it comes from a really good place. They really, really want to do what's right in helping orphans and vulnerable children. If if you could, um, if I could put together a group of American donors, of Western donors that really want to do something to help orphan children in your country, what would you tell them? What kind of advice would you give to them? I don't want to call it an advice because I don't think I could advise them. What I want to say is like a plead, like you kind of is that a plead with them about looking into how much support they give to the orphanage home. And um, like, to be honest, we are grateful to these donors because we don't know what life we have been without them. I don't think we have survived it. We need their support. We are grateful that they have the heart to do that because it's like, it takes a lot of sacrifice and love to be able to pour art into vulnerable children that you don't know from anywhere, right? So we are grateful to them that they see the need to do that. But um, sad um, this is not something they will want to hear, but the truth is, it's because of these people, lots of orphanages are being built every time. And you might want to ask me, why am I saying this? It's because um, orphanages is like a business. People make orphanages as a business here. And we all know, like, if you, if you are running a business, you want your business to be successful. And what do you do? You have to put in more to be able to have a successful business. So this is how it runs. These people, in order to keep the orphanage home up and running, they need to bring more kids into the orphanage home. Then what happens? You find out that families have been separated, like divided because like, let's take for instance, a single mom who has like two, three kids and she doesn't have any means of help. And she wants the best for her kid. Like every parent will want the best for their kids. So this is how it works. Like an orphanage leader will come out to the single mom and say like, I can't help you with your kids, but this is how, this is a condition to that. And what is it? Okay. We will take your kids and put them on the orphanage home. They will have to go to school. They will have food to eat but you should never show up there. Why? Because they don't want their secret to come out. They want to stay in this business. So it leaves them more with a very, very hard decision to make. Like just imagine a mom disconnecting from her kids 
like just because she needs help for them. And she would do that because she really wants help from her kids. So you will see most of the kids that end up at the orphanage home. They have living parents, but that can't um, provide for them. But then they are not even connected to them because their parents are told never to show up at the orphanage home. And um, lots of families are being disconnected. Lots of families have been separated. And it's like, it's sad. Those are the kind of life there, which the donors might not know about because all they ever get is one side of the story from the care, from the caregivers. Because it's the thing is, in order for me to get help, I will give you what you want to see. I will tell you what you want to hear. I will show you pictures you want to see. So if I want to operate an orphanage home and I need support from foreign donors, I'm going to take sad pictures. I'm going to take pictures of kids that are folded dress. I'm going to take pictures of kids that look like so sad. And even when you see it, the first thing you ever think about, oh, I'm going to sell my house and give all the money for that kid. Right. So when I send this picture to you, it will cost you to send me money. And then when you send me money, I need to build trust. Okay. So it's like a business, right? So I need to build trust with you. So I'm going to send you the happy pictures that you want to see now. I'm going to allow these kids to have beautiful clothes on and have the brightest smile ever. And I'm going to send you these pictures and say, see, these are the support, like this, the, the forms you gave, this is what we are doing with it for the kids. They are benefiting from it. But the truth is, everything done is like a program. We, like, we that live at the orphanage home, we are programmed to do these things. We are told to say a certain things to you guys. We are told to act a certain way because it, get, it gets us in trouble if we do the other way around, right? So most donors were like, but why we don't hear this story from the kids themselves? Why are we always seeing happy pictures? Because that's what we are programmed to do. And you guys will never get to know about it because it's, it's like, it's, it's in our mind. It's like, they keep, it's like a remote control. So like the present and you do what you are told to do. So this is it. I don't think these donors want to separate kids from their family. I don't think these donors want to have a life full of miserable kids that feel lost, that, that, that feel disconnected from the outside world. I don't think this is what these donors want, but since they are not hearing it from the kids themselves, so they have no choice but to keep sending their support. So let's let's see what if these donors really get to meet the to know to get to meet the kids they are supporting, like just to just to know what's going on with them. Like they have heard lots of stories from the caregivers. Why don't they pay attention into hearing from the kids themselves? Have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with them. Like, how do you feel? What are things happening? How do you want me to help you? Do you have families? Do you have this like this one-on-one -on -one connection? 
if they start to work, work more into hearing from the kids themselves, then it will be better that they will get to hear stories from these kids and that they will get to support these kids into their families to be able to keep them because we know that the only way we can go to school is to be on the orphanage. Okay, what if our donor will say, well, I want you to know that you can still go to school even if you stay with your family. So I'm waiting to do that. But those are some of the changes out which like these donors already get into because I tell you what, they're not going to hear these things from the kids. And maybe they might not even hear it until other than I care leavers. And not many care leavers are waiting to share their stories. Not many care leavers have the, the guts to do things like this. It's, it's hard. So this is my plea. This is what I would make as plea to these donors to look more into how they can help children stay into their family and give them the same help that they get at the orphanage home. Wow. Isn't she amazing? She's amazing. Sorry, she's amazing. <laughs> Thank you, Benera. Thank you. Hey, um, you are a mom now. I mean, congrats, by the way. That is super cool. It's, uh, it's so amazing to be a mom and uh, <laughs> it comes with a lot of blessing. Thank you. Um, so what is the most important thing uh, about being a mom? That is a very sweet question. Oh, great, yeah. Well, yeah, I'm a mom and it has taught me lots lots of lessons you know um one of the most important thing i experienced as being a mom is the level of tolerance i gave my son huh? i mean kids like my son he got lots of energy like i can't even stand and to be able to tolerate him with all those energies and be able to love him even when he's not at his best, when he's being naughty and mean, I still get to tolerate that. Um, I still got to show him compassion. Unlike me, it was never like that for me. I wasn't tolerated. Like I, I was a kid, but I learned to grow up to become an adult while being a kid. Because everything I would ever hear is, you should know better. You shouldn't be doing that. Why are you acting like a kid? Of course I'm a kid. That's why I'm acting like one. But no, it was never like that. We, we learned to grow into an adult. We learned to do things adults would do because we were now with our own family and like we never had a one-on-one relationship. Like I always tell people, my son does not know any boundaries like when it comes to me. Like, even when I'm having a bad day, he doesn't, it doesn't bother him. And it's normal because he's a kid. He will come jumping on my lap, pulling my hair, like putting his hand on my eyes. And I'll be like, stop, I'm not having a good day. Stop. And like, <laughs> like, it's fun for him. It's so fun for him. And that's, that's normal because that's what kids can do. And especially being a board. But for me, it was never like that. I never had that as an option. Never in my entire life. I have never had that one-on-one conversation with my mom at the orphanage home. I didn't know what it felt like to just sit into someone's lap and just cry. When you're not feeling good, right? So 
being a mom has taught me to tolerate my son. And um, I'm not going to tell you that I have the most beautiful relationship with my son. That That's not true because like, it, like being a child at the orphanage home seriously affects my relationship with my son because everything I have ever learned and knew is what I try to teach him. Like you need to be, you need to, I like, you need to act responsible. You need to do this. You shouldn't be doing that because that's, it's like programmed. That's how I was programmed to live. And that's how I'm bringing my son up. And sometimes I have to, to hold back for a moment, go to my room and I'm like, I shouldn't be doing this. This is, he's he just a child, even though I struggle with it growing up, but that doesn't mean I should allow my son to pay for what I didn't have. So like, it, it, it's, it's very difficult till now. I'm still learning to build a relationship with my son. I'm wow. still learning to build a relationship with my son. Being, being a mom, it's, it's, it's like a huge tax for me. And also being a mom helps me to be alive because I used to be a suicider. And once I have my own child, I kind of felt like, okay, I have another life to take care of. So if I leave this war, how is it going to survive? Like in a world full of unknown and uncertainty, like how is he going to survive? He doesn't have anyone, just me. So like being a mom helped me to stay alive and to fight for my son. So, yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you. We are so glad that uh, your son is uh, having that one-on-one connection that uh, you know, with you that you never had growing up you know, to a parent. Yeah. And uh, we're so glad that he's not only uh, getting a sense of belonging, but he's actually feeling it. It's ex- he's experiencing that, that belonging um, to, to, to a family, to a primary caregiver. Um, um, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. So let's say something happened to you. Where would you want your, your son you know, to be careful with? I would have sent, I would have said my family, but I don't have connection with my family <laughs> because like, I don't know my family and I don't know if I trust them well enough to give my son to them. So my family wouldn't be an option, but I would want him to grow up with my friend, like those that I love and those that I trust, like who are in my real family, but I know that I have known them. And I know that my son will be safe with them. Not at the orphanage home because I, I lived that life and I wouldn't want that for any kid. At least I say my son, I wouldn't want him to live struggling in his adult life, how to stand on his own two feet, how to do this, how to do that. So I wouldn't want that because it's, it's, never, it's never an option for me at the orphanage home. Wow. Okay. Oh, thank you, thank you. So, so now, now let's assume this: if you are in charge, right? You are in charge. Of president the chi- of Liberia. Yeah, president. Yeah. If you are in charge of the child welfare system in your country, Liberia, what would you want to do differently about caring for orphans and vulnerable children? What would be your wish for those children? I think one of the most important thing people fail to realize is that. Children have voices too. 
Like, I think they feel like children are so naive that they don't know what they want, that people will keep making decisions for them. So, like, if I was head of the child welfare, the first thing I would want to do is to get to know a detailed information of every kid into a given facility, right? Like, doing that helps you to better understand the need of that child, you know? Like, you get to know them, you get to know where they are from, you get to, it will be easy for you to trace their family issue in case they need to be reunited with their family. So getting to know, like, or do the information, detailed information about these kids, like, on a one-on-one level, already help to ease some problems. Because lots of kids, they don't even know where they are from. Yeah. Um, they don't even know, like, how to reach out to people, right? So, like, you getting to know them individually and knowing what they need and knowing, like, how you can help them will be very important. Like it will give you a broad awareness of how to deal with them in the, in the end. And also when it comes to distribution, <laughs> I always used to tell people like <laughs> when they bring stuff at the orphanage home, like when donuts bring in supplies, I'll be like, in my heart, I'll be like, let them share it themselves. Let them give it out themselves. Because I know once they leave, we won't have them again. So, like, making sure that kids have what they need, like, kids have what what I give them to them, I will be the person that making sure this kid have this thing. Because I know once I'm not there, they're not going to have it. So I'm going to make sure X gets what was given to X, Y get what was given to Y. Because I have living, so I don't, I know how it works. Yeah. So those are things I will really, really get involved into. Wow. Thank you. Thank you, Benita. So um, now as an adult, what is, what is the, hardest, the hardest part of uh, being, you know, being a care liver, right? Being a care liver. And then, so talk a little bit about how well prepared we are you. You know, where we are living in the orphanage to live in the community, to be, to be to be independent, to come back to the community life. How how well prepared were you? How well the orphanage prepare you? And then what challenges did you face, right? When you came back to the community to adjust, to start adjusting, to adapting, what challenges did you face? And um, what level of preparation or support, you know, do you wish to have had in order to, you know, easily blend into the community and be independent? That is hard. Well, being a dog and a caregiver, I mean, one of like some of the challenges I still struggle with is the how to start and where to start from. Okay, um, it's like it's like you left where you knew as home. All your life. And you know, one part about it, they tell you, they tell you reason why you are going to the orphanage, maybe because for me, like I was going to get adopted into your family, but they don't tell you that you are going to be at a certain point in time that you're going to be put out or you're going to leave. 
So it's like, you, you just know this place to be your home and that's all you know. Yeah. All the people that live there, those are the only people you know as family. So like, so like, 